Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lizzie Hansen and today is August 13th. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me block. And next week we're going to be studying some more Psalms. We're going to be in 49 to 51, 61 to 66, 69 to 72, 77 to 78, and 85 to 86. But for now, let's finish up this week. We're not going to even get close to all of this week's Come Follow Me block, but let's take a look at some of the things that we can learn here. Yesterday, we talked about Psalms 23, which is the Lord is my shepherd psalm. And we talked about how letting the Lord be our shepherd means letting him guide us to places that he knows is best and trusting him in those places. But we didn't get to the last verse of this psalm. And I absolutely love the last verse. It is beautiful and ties it all together perfectly. Verse six says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love the promise that comes with letting the Lord shepherd us. If we let the Lord be our shepherd, if we trust him, if we follow him, then his goodness and his mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And as a result, we will get to dwell with him forever. We get the opportunity because of his goodness and mercy to dwell in his house for times here on this earth as we attend the temple. But the blessing is because of his shepherding and because of his goodness and because of his mercy, we can have the blessing of dwelling with him forever. Here's what Elder Renlund taught us about the goodness and mercy of God. He said, Reflecting on God's goodness and mercy helps us become more spiritually receptive. When we consider the goodness of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, our trust in them increases. Our prayers change because we know God is our Father and we are His children. By acknowledging that every good thing comes from Jesus Christ, we will communicate our faith more effectively to others. We will have courage when confronted with seemingly impossible tasks and circumstances. We will strengthen our resolve to keep the covenants we have made to follow the Savior. We will be filled with the love of God, want to help those in need without being judgmental, love our children and raise them in righteousness, retain a remission of our sins, and always rejoice. These are the remarkable fruits of remembering God's goodness and mercy. What an incredible blessing. If we can remember the goodness and mercy, if we can allow that goodness and mercy to follow us all the days of our lives, then we will obtain the blessings promised here by Elder Renland. But how do we remember the goodness and mercy? How do we obtain that blessing? By letting Christ be our shepherd, by letting him lead us in the roads of righteousness, by trusting him to lead us to green pastures. My friends, the blessings of following him, the blessings of trusting him are far beyond anything or any sacrifice needed or asked of us. Now, it's interesting because that verse makes it seem like dwelling with God or dwelling in his house is a mercy and grace thing only. But the next chapter helps us understand that being in his house and being in his presence requires something of us as well. It's interesting, oftentimes in the church, we get accused of believing only in our own works 
And sometimes we look at other churches and we think, man, you believe in only grace that you don't have to do anything. But really, the true answer, the right answer, God's answer is a mixture of the two. And listen to what he asks of us in Psalms 24. Starting in verse 3, it says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Remember, a hill or a mountain is a symbol of the temple. So who shall ascend to the temple or the house of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. My friends, worthiness requires something of us. It requires the clean hand. It requires the pure heart. It requires the effort to have those things. But of course, we can't have those on our own. So we put forth our effort, however feeble it may be. And then we turn with all our trust and all our love to God and to the Savior, trusting that his atonement is what really cleans our hands and his grace that really purifies our hearts. Remember what Nephi teaches us in 2 Nephi 26? He says that it's by grace that we are saved after all we can do. My friends, if we are living in righteousness, if we are trying our best, even still, all we can do to obtain salvation is to repent and rely on that grace. Yes, he wants our efforts. Yes, he wants our action. But in the end, he needs us to rely on his grace so that he can clean our hands and purify our hearts. Elder Bednar helps us understand this better about how we can obtain clean hands and a pure heart and how it comes through Jesus Christ. He says, let me suggest that hands are made clean through the process of putting off the natural man and by overcoming sin and the evil influences in our lives through the Savior's atonement. Hearts are purified as we receive his strengthening power to do good and become better. All of our worthy desires and good works, as necessary as they are, can never produce clean hands and a pure heart. It is the atonement of Jesus Christ that provides both a cleansing and redeeming power that helps to overcome sin and a sanctifying and strengthening power that helps us to become better than we ever could by relying on our own strength. The infinite atonement is for both the sinner and for the saint in each of us. My friends, we need both. We need to put forth that effort because if we were just handed the gift of redemption without working for it, without trying, without striving, then what would that gift mean to us? Would we fully be able to appreciate it or change if we weren't putting forth effort? But in the end, all the effort that we put forth, all the things that we do will be insufficient without relying wholly on the merits and mercy of he who is mighty to save. We need the atonement of Jesus Christ, and we need to put forth effort. The two of those things together will change our hearts, will not just redeem us, but will change us. And if we're willing to do that, if we're willing to put forth our efforts, and if we're willing to rely on Jesus Christ and his atonement, 
Then we receive the promise found in verse 5. We shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of our salvation. That is the promise. That is the gift. That is our Father in Heaven's plan to save us and to bring us back to His presence. And understanding that fully, getting a glimpse as to what that redemption really looks like and really means, makes us want to cry with David what he says in verse 10. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is King of glory. Selah. I love the word Selah there because remember that is a break or a rest. It's an opportunity to think about what was just said. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Let that sink in. Think about it. Ponder it. Let it become part of you as you turn your mind and your heart to him. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 